0: Welcome to the Magic Potion Podcast, where a sprinkle and a dash can enhance your class. Listen to learn about tools, techniques, and stories from educators on ways to improve your lessons, create a positive culture, and much more. I'm your host, Kevin Reinemann, and now it's time to make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode 24, Meet Them Where They Are At, with my special guest, John Meehan. John, could you please let the audience know who you are and what your background in education is, please?
1: Yeah, happy to do it. Um, First of all, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I'm John. Uh, I teach American literature at Bishop O'Connell High School here in Arlington, Virginia. I teach two sections of American Lit. I've been at the school, I want to say maybe seven years Uh, at least track of these things. It's 2019 now. So I, I don't know uh, how long I've been anywhere. Um, but I, uh, I, I teach American literature and I'm our high school instructional coach. So we have a faculty of about 101. It's my job to be like human Google, find out what's working in education and get it in the hands of our teachers. So yeah, I, I, I wear a bunch of different hats and I'm really excited to uh, talk shop with you today on the podcast.
0: Awesome. So, is that 101 teachers? How is it? Grades nine to twelve. What's the school setting there?
1: Yeah, nine to twelve. Uh, we have about 1100 students. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a thriving Catholic school population. There's four dioces and high schools um, in the Arlington uh, diocese, and uh, I'm really blessed and privileged to to have a chance. I, I, I treat the, my classes like my students first and foremost. I have 44 students across two classes, but then the 101 teachers are like the rest of my caseload. So I spend two periods a day teaching. And then I spend the rest of my uh, teaching day, uh, doing one-on-one coaching, deep coaching, uh, idea planning, brainstorming, running PDs, uh, never a dull moment. Man. So it's, it's awesome.
0: Wow. Are you the only instructional coach in the school then? Are you all 101 teachers you're supporting?
1: <sighs> so, um, we started that way. We started that way about four years ago. Um, uh, this year our program over the three four years is like a proof of concept and it works because traditional professional development, um, is sort of a clunker. Uh, the one size fits all ends up not fitting anybody and people get um, very little out of it. The yield is very, very low. Um, but with an embedded coaching model, um, people are kind of coached up and with 15 hours or so of individual like choice-based stuff, same thing we seeing in our classrooms, um, people respond better to it and they get more out of it. So um, our program has grown over the four years. Um, I currently am the head of the program and now I have we have a literacy specialist on, on our team um, who's doing a full literacy audit about how we teach reading and writing through all of our curricula. Um, we have a faith integration specialist, which is amazing um, because there's a Catholic school making sure that we're not just crucifix on the wall, but there is like a real fundamental difference to how we approach Catholic education. Um, and we have a research librarian who's also on my team. So we're, we're always growing and we're always researching ways we can do it better. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: That is impressive. That is a, that's a forward thinking school there. Love what I'm We're, we're doing it,
1: man. Uh, we, I think uh, last year at NCEA, we presented on the model. Um, and it I mean, it works. And it works because it's human-centered, right? Like, if you're yeah. a mission-aligned school, what's your mission? And um, why do you show up to work there? Because I'm not slagging the public schools. I'm a public school kid myself. Um, but I work at a Catholic school. And there should be a fundamental difference about how you approach education at a Catholic school. So, um, yeah, that's what we're there to do. So it's a process of, of you know perpetual, I guess, uh reflection and revision, but it's absolutely worth working I absolutely love
0: that. And audience, if you uh hear in the background there, we do have a little special guest running around. <laughs> I've got my three year old son Cooper is uh, you know, I'm at home on break like a lot of other people are. I believe John's on break too right now, aren't you? I am, yeah.
1: I think yeah, your son's on break too. So was Santa, was Santa good or did you guys? Are you still have the tree up? Is it is it like still? Done? Yeah, it's I, it's coming
0: down this weekend, Got I it. believe. Um, and Cooper is walking up to me with his drone now because a three year old really needs a drone. Nice. <laughs> but that's nice. That's what he asked Santa for.
1: I was going to say that's very on you brand know? for the 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 Kevin Reimann uh, podcast. That's well done. <laughs> that Santa in that household would bring him a drone. And
0: that's, I don't even know where it came from. We'd be walking around Walmart and uh, he'd go, dad, I want to see the drone. I want to see the drone. That's
1: hilarious. It's hilarious. Go
0: get me, go get me the white bag, buddy. So um, yeah, John, what I'm really excited talking to you about, you know, we, I didn't know who you were until the NCEA social media influencer conf, uh, uh, contest. I'm sorry. There we go. Um, so and what I've seen in that, that started in what, about October or so? Uh,
1: it feels I'm, like it was an instant uh, and like a forever ago at the same time. I think it was, it was yes. maybe September, October. Uh, yeah, something like that.
0: And I am very, very impressed with what I've been able to gather from you. Like, I, I love your product that you're giving out and what you're doing, the fun stuff you're doing with the students to engage them in the classroom and actually have an impact on their lo- learning in a non-traditional way. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I tell my kids I have no life and no friends, so all I do is talk about teaching. <laughs> I get real good at it, <laughs> um, and not, not because I'm like braggy, but like because I put a, put in the work, man. Like I'm excited Absolutely. to share the stories of exciting things, and um, to see my kids learning and getting fired up about it. Like so, on my Twitter feed, uh, yeah you know I'll do live streaming in class about what we're learning, um, and while they're working in groups or like small tasks. It'll be like a breaking news ESPN style interview on the sidelines where I'll just pull up with a camera next to a kid like, hey, what are we working on? What are we doing? So they can kind of talk about their strategy, metacognate about, um, you know, how their game is unfolding. Uh, and it, it plays really well. They get really fired up because simply knowing that they're going to be on camera makes them want to work that much harder. They're like, oh, can you get me in today's meeting? You know, today's interview. Oh, can I be <laughs> on the blog? And they'll wave to Twitter and things like that. Um, you know, it, it's it's if it works, do it.
0: Absolutely. And have you gotten feedback from the parents and what they feel like is, do they see something different yeah. in their kids uh, that have been your. Class? I mean, like,
1: so it's, it's weird to talk about yourself as an educator, right? And um, you don't want to be braggy ever. Um, but yeah, you see the difference because the kids see it. when when you put in that extra mile for the kids, the kids feel it and they see it and they go home and talk about it. Um, and I've talked with a, a bunch of educators, like I say, like your favorite class is the one that you like the most. Your best class is the one where you learn the most. I want my class to be both of those things every single, day, every single day, every single day. And so I just, I just expect that when I bring my best, that they're going to bring their best. So I can't really get, you know, complacent. You can't get cocky, and I just have to keep pushing. And moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, they feel it, um, and and, you know and that enthusiasm need? is infectious. I need two. I need, I need two too. Okay. Now
0: he wants to hold on to two drones. I'm sorry there. I was <laughs> listening okay. and I absolutely, and this Oh, one on. this one on go get me the box buddy. Oh <laughs> yes. The favorite class and best class being mixed together is, um, something that makes me want to get back in the classroom
1: myself. You know, yeah.
0: it's like, man, why didn't, why didn't I think? Of uh,
1: that? That's, it's, it's cool because, you know, I mean, you, it's no big secret, right? People learn more from people that they like. People who want to be around them. They're excited to show you stuff. And I think about, I saw on Twitter the other day, you know, how much have you learned since you received your last report card? You know, that was the last time you got a grade. Um, You're still learning a lot of stuff every day. Um, And if you de-emphasize the grades and focus on the learning, um, the amazing things can happen. Amazing things happen if you focus on that process. So I really try to prize that process and put it on full display. And then we're very reflective about ways we can do better and ways that we can kind of stop talking about letter grades. I mean, we're not meat, you know, we're people. um, And so treating people like people.
0: And that's the tough one. You know, I see more and more people popping up these days with the concept of, are report cards really necessary anymore? Um, What are we actually showing with these grades? If you're giving extra credit, um, what are you giving extra sure. credit for? Are you saying that the the homework you gave doesn't actually matter yeah. and and that whole concept? So um, interesting things have changed since I've gotten, I've been out of the classroom for about, you know, about as much time as you said, you've been at your school, about seven, eight years yeah. now. Um, I was a classroom teacher for four years, then moved into my role as a district uh, technology coordinator or director of technology whichever title you want to go with there um so it is it's rather often myself that i miss and he managed to turn the drone on (laughs)
1: himself i heard the drone go in the background i said this guy so that's what you get when you're a tech director this is what your house is going to feel like at all times like you're going to have him building his own drone like two weeks
0: (laughs) that'll keep him occupied for a little bit
1: I need those on. Nope, we don't need those lights on, buddy.
0: <laughs> oh, geez.
1: Oh, where was I at uh, there? Being in the classroom um, about, about, like you know the excitement. Well, I think,
0: yeah, yeah. It's like I, in my background. I, I taught technology. I taught math, um, but my actual, you know, what I went to college for was social studies. So I often, when I'm looking at technology and stuff, I'm looking at the angle of, well, if I was in my classroom, how could I easily yep. integrate that? So my social studies teachers end up getting a lot of resources from me because that's, that's the angle I usually approach with. But um, some of the stuff I'm seeing come from you, it's like anybody could really put their own twist on it. Like, um, you know, here we are uh, at least my school is coming back into session here in a couple days. So if you're starting a semester class, you have a really cool project to kick off instead of doing your traditional, hey, here's my syllabus. Could you tell the uh, folks about sure, that? Sure, yeah.
1: Um, so a big thing about me, and this is funny because I'm a Catholic educator, so I'm going to use a, an A word that's not a Catholic one. And I apologize. I don't mean it in that sense. Um, but I try to be content agnostic when I design my, my classroom activity. Um, as an instructional coach, I want it to be something that can be easily scaled and adapted, whether I'm an English teacher, science, math, history, uh, religion teacher. And so the type of, like, the, the bones of it can be quickly swapped with a different skin uh, for the classes and grade levels. Um, and that makes uh, my job fun because I can use my own classroom as, like, a, a, like a, a sandbox to kind of develop stuff. And then when it works, export the skeleton to other places. Does that make sense? Before I get into the weeds. Cut, copy, yeah, and paste. <laughs> that's, that's a nice way to say it. Um, and so what I figured out, um, and for people who are listening, if you've ever played um, a video game like uh, Halo halo is the same video game as Fortnite is and that's the same video game as james bond 007 um like it's just run around and shoot stuff um but every couple years they just put a new skin on it you know some some minor tricks to the trade but it's it's a copy paste of the same game Um, and so i mean mean, you know not to not to disparage any of them they're a lot of fun um but i think that for me is a great way to approach um certain pedagogies like um a Socratic seminar, for example, could work in any classroom. It um, doesn't matter whether they're older, younger kids, on-level, um, struggling readers. Um, it's just the different scaffolds and support you have in place. Um, so what I did for my first day back is, uh, so my whole year is like a, a gamified narrative. And if um, any of your listeners are not familiar with gamification, it basically is just taking uh, elements that are normally seen in games, things like points and badges and leaderboards, um, side quests and challenges. Um, and, and applying that to a classroom space. So students start off with zero experience points, XP, and then they gradually level up by each thing that they uh, can do. It operates totally op- separate from um, grades. Uh, and I do have, we still have traditional grades and what, but like in life and in a video game, you never lose experience. Um, you just gain experience, even though you didn't get it the right way. Um, so the goal is to gain as much experience as you can. So writing an essay, for example, is worth X number of experience points, but writing a really good essay could earn you that much more. That said, if you can watch a YouTube video um, and learn that same information it, that I would have otherwise given in the lecture, I want to reward the student for seeking that, that information. And so there's different ways to kind of level up the experience through the whole year. Um, but my, my class is American Literature, and it's about a 400-year survey of, of just like the greatest hits. Um, so I start the first day off, and we say, hey, we're on a, on a rush or a race for the American dream. We're spending 400 years chasing our dream and it's gonna grow and shift and change. We're gonna learn about all these people and the nuances and the wrinkles of their dreams and how they uh, had a chance to get it or it was systemically denied to them based on things like their color or their race or their um, their, their background, their ancestry. Um, and this year long conversation about this American dream has turned our game into this rush, into a dream rush. Um, so on the first day, I was like, all right, we're gonna divide up into teams and we're gonna load up our pioneer wagon trains with all the supplies that we can before this year long race, just like it's Oregon Trail. Um, And instead of doing like physical supplies, I just have 10 or so different um, stations that the students have to visit. They can visit in any order they want to. The only rule is they have to visit as a team. They're not allowed to leave the station until the entire team has collected that item. Um, First team to get all 10 of those things wins. Um, But for like a classroom, the stations I need them to sign up for um, or like to load up at would be like signing up for text message alerts for my class as one station, um, or, um, taking mm-hmm. part in a, a small writing challenge. So I can just get a, like 150 words just to see like what their writing style is. Um, they can take a short, uh, like a personality survey and I can get the results logged online. Um, they can meet with me for five minutes and I can just sort of have a face-to-face with some kids just to see who they are. Um, and it's totally asynchronous. So like when you go to a an amusement park, you can go on Pirates of the Caribbean before you go on a roller coaster or you can go on a carousel or you know whatever you want but different people will be moving constantly through the class and i do that on purpose so that i don't have to be the guy who's telling them how to do what they needed to do because otherwise that first day is just so dry it's like hey guys here's here's the syllabus now let me read bullet point to you by bullet point and then i kind of hate it and they kind of hate it um so instead it's like no it's experiential right right so, so, so I knew it. it's experiential it's like i need you to sign up for text alerts but i'm not going to tell you that in order to get like the rope um this is the lifeline that'll connect us because in the woods, the rope can really save you in moments where you're stuck. So the lifeline for our class will be text alerts. So head to the rope station and sign up for text alerts, right? Or like, hey, a bear trap is something you can use to catch food throughout. In order to catch things through this class, we're going to need to take a selfie of who we are so we know if we ever got caught in a trap, take a selfie and post it onto the shared Google site about who you are so I can know faces to names, things like that. Do a flip grid. I mean, just... Tech integration with just old school, just human centered pedagogy. It feels really good. Um, And then the kids are really excited to be racing through it and like jokes on everybody because, in the end, they're learning more, they're doing more, and it doesn't feel like work, but they're actually delivering a ton of content.
0: No. That's phenomenal. And, and, I will try and post in the show notes um whatever resources we have to to share if the listeners are interested in doing something similar to
1: this. Um you know Yeah. And I, like I said I, I build it so like mine is wagon train teamed, but you can have yours be take that same, you know, station's activity and just make it space age, right? So now they're bouncing from planet to planet or it's an undersea thing where they're collecting different sunken chests in like a submarine. I mean whatever you want it to be. Just be creative. But the whole pedagogy is just yeah, it's cut and paste, man.
0: <laughs> and I tell you what I was looking at the uh the dead web dead web redemption one you put together and I was just blown away by the graphics of that or do you have a graphics background or
1: um yeah so that's funny so uh, my well me answer the, the answer is yes, yes. um <laughs> the, the short answer is um I worked before I got into teaching I was in um, okay. marketing media for about five years um and I actually worked for Catholic University where I graduated from so I worked for our alumni office pushing out uh, media and content and ways to get people excited about alumni events things we're doing at school um, but my my admin says at school John you know this gamification stuff you do in the classroom is great um, but you do it like New York Fashion Week style we need like ready for target like ready for Walmart style because teachers will see some of these graphics and feel overwhelmed um, and I I want to point out like it's just sizzle like the steak is is still good uh, I promise um, but uh, yeah I did I did have a background where I worked in uh, in, in media for about five years um, awesome. so I yeah, I have to that I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking at that one going, man, what is he making it in? Is that Google Slides? But that looks a little advanced for that. Is it Keynote? What? What are you? What are you
1: using? To so build? here's here's a big hint for everybody. Um, I am no genius. I'm just really fast at doing um cut and paste jobs from the internet. Um. My backgrounds all come from um, Pe- pexels.com. Oh, okay. um, it's just free pictures, T-E-X-E-L-S. Um, and they're royalty free. You can use them. They're gorgeous full color shots. Um, I read a great uh, presentation book some time ago. It's called Presentation Zen by uh, Gar Reynolds. Um, and it's about how to make unsuck PowerPoints. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not just overwhelming people. Um, and he says, never use more than seven words yes. on a slide um, because that, that just overwhelms people. Or take the youngest age of the person in the room, double that number. Um, if you have an eight-year-old, don't use anything lot smaller than a 16 font. Oh. And if you're working with old, older people, like in a room full of people who are 50, take that number and divide it in half. Don't ever use anything smaller than a size 25. Font. So it's helpful to kind of just you know some design aesthetic stuff. Um, but yeah, I'll do the backgrounds from Pexels. Um, the graphics, um, I'll pull from the Noun Project, which is totally free um, icons of anything you can think of on the web. Um, so as I have like icon driven stuffs, which is something that Steve Jobs did a great job with with the Apple products, is he really pushed the world to see visual hieroglyphic as if it was on par with written word. Um, so we all have like an icon driven interface. Now we know when we click a letter F, we're going to Facebook. Mm-hmm. We click a little bird, we're going to Twitter. Um, and so to to do that in a classroom is great for differentiation because students see things and, and remember things differently. Um, and I find that really helpful. So like that earlier example, if, if the rope. Was the lifeline of connecting uh, me to you in cases of emergency um, in the woods. Well, in my classroom, that would be a, a text message alert. Again, we're connected back and forth like a rope. So I'll, I'll try to borrow against the, those visual schema to help my students out. Um, but yeah, for the the Google slides, I just I drop a big picture from the background from Pixels, and I just use the font faces from um, Google Fonts. They're free, and you can put up a million of them if you want to. Um, on rare occasion, what I'll do is I'll head to um, a website like DaFont.com, okay, and um, just find the, the near match to whatever the the famous font is. So, like Walt Disney has a famous font, for example, right? Um, you can just head on over to uh, DaFont.com and get like a, a close match with it. Download it, install it on your computer, and it takes no time. And there's no no charge for most of these things too, um, because I find that teachers hate it when you waste their time and their money because we don't have much of either. So <laughs> especially I try to do teachers. it teachers, exactly right. So I have to do it all free. Um, so yeah, the uh, the, the Red Dead Redemption-inspired one, because the kids are all playing that, um, was just, okay, well, what font looks like that one? Cool, I'll take that and drop that in, and um, with a little bit of you know magic behind the scenes, it, it really does feel like a living video game that walks them through, again, that activity, which just sparks their creativity and says, look, you, you know the schema for Red Dead Redemption. It's an open-world kind of explore. Um, for better or worse, it's kind of a spiritual successor to something like Grand Theft Auto, um, where you just walk into a new city in this case it's a wild west city and you just have different tasks so that was that was the inspiration for the latest game and because kids speak the language of the game i don't have to teach them the rules yeah. of this one it just instead of instead of beating a guy up and taking his money or stealing his cattle now you're you know uh you're editing the a paragraph or like <laughs> exactly right exactly. exactly right um and i'm sort of reclaiming some of that stuff which is nice because um Like I said, Fortnite, if the kids are interested in that stuff, how can I tap into what makes Fortnite accessible and say, cool. So now we're doing a thing where we're collecting supply llamas. You have to collect six before class is over. Kids understand what supply llamas are. You mentioned the word chug jugs and kids get it. Um, I I don't think it's a great idea for teachers to say, you know, oh, we're back to school. All that fun stuff is over. I'm like, what is that fun thing doing really well that makes my kid excited to learn? Because they'll spend hours on Minecraft and on Fortnite. And um, if I could tap into their same creativity and energy by playing with that in my classroom, I'm all in, buddy. So are you a gamer yourself then? Um, So before I got into, well, I mean, this year has been kind of crazy with the writing of the book. um, So I haven't had like a free second to do any gaming. Um, But I did play a lot of Madden. Uh, I love the, I love football. And so my rule was, my wife jokes about it. um, The New England Patriots are my team. Um, I grew up uh, in New Jersey, but I was in a household that was a Giants household. So when the Patriots uh, were on TV, it was because they were playing the Jets, who were like the dreaded enemies of the Giants. Um, and I just rooted for them because they were wearing red um, <laughs> as a kid. So I, I always rooted for them. And they were really bad for a really long time. Now they're good, and my wife picks on me about that. Um, but as my rule, I'll play Madden during the season so long as the Patriots are still in contention. Um, once they're eliminated, it's over, and I stop playing uh, the game all, all, all for the next season. But the problem is because they've been very good for like a really long time, I get a lot of time playing Madden, <laughs> yeah. so... Uh, I would typically play a lot of that game, Um, but really, that that's been it. I mean, like uh, you know, board games with friends and things like that. I was a big uh, fan of uh, Risk and Pandemic. Uh, You ever play Ticket to Ride? Like those were great games to play with friends or family. Um, Certainly Monopoly and things like that. But um, it's really just it's ear to the ground to keep a finger on the pulse of what what today's students are into because there's nothing new under the sun. These machines were designed to gobble up our quarters thirty years ago. Um, So to figure out what made them work, so we can hook uh, students' excitement and uh, and tap into the same things.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it's it can be tough to keep up with though too. Like I'm surprised Fortnite is still as popular and still
1: growing. Like yeah.
0: normally stuff is is kind of you know, peter on to the next
1: it. thing by now. Yeah, I think what Fortnite does really well though is, and I and I don't play, I I played it, you know. Every one of these things I've played maybe but five minutes or like an hour or so. Um, like I downloaded Minecraft and just wanted to sort of see how it was worked. work. work. Um, I joke with, my, with my, my friends that like if I've had a great day at school, I'd come home by way of the toy aisle at Target or Walmart when Toys R Us was open. Um, I would just go through the toy aisle and just study games, um, like how they work, what makes them work. And if I have a few bucks, maybe I'll buy that game, take it home and like take it apart. Not like break it, but like just to see what what the yeah. mechanics of the game were like. You know, like what is the turn order? What is the reward? What is the benefit? What is it asking? You? What is it teaching me? What is it challenging me to do? Um, and I think what Fortnite does really well is it's very easy to drop into. Both boys and girls um, seem to really like it, um, and they've done this thing where um, there's it, the the core game is the same: run around and avoid getting shot. Yeah, uh, that's 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 the, that's the game. Um, but there's these little upgrades that people can buy uh, with real or fake dollars, uh, digital dollars or like, you know, in-game currency. Um, and and they're able to like customize the experience. So now they're running around with a funny backpack on or a different hat, um, or they're able to buy a, a power-up weapon or a certain thing that gives them an in-game advantage and things like that. So it's microtransactions, Um And it's done a really good job of these called seasons. So each season of the game, every couple of months, they release like, a new slight variant to the rules where you're not allowed to do this, but now you can do that. Or um, now you can ride this vehicle or you can do this sort of dance. And it's just little ways to draw people back in because uh, I don't know, it's, it's a juggernaut, man. And I'm, I'm impressed that they're able to, again, like, like good teaching, constantly reinvent and constantly uh, reflect on what's working. So more power to them.
0: Yeah. And I I was just reading an article when I was at my in-laws the other night that uh, this number one gamer, I think his handle is Ninja made uh-huh. $10 million in yep. 2018 playing Fortnite.
1: I so, when people are, I mean, but, you know, people are paying now for, tutors yeah. for their kids to, to play. And I think that, you know, what parents would initially, the reaction could be, you know, oh, that's ridiculous. Is that any more ridiculous than having your child trained up to be a, um, a, a football player. player or a football <laughs> player? Right. Also, they're less likely to get a concussion when they're playing Fortnite. Right. Uh, and and what they're doing through that, especially when they do like these massive campaigns, not just through Fortnite, but like through World of Warcraft and Minecraft. Um, they're becoming digital leaders where they can command a team of people like you and I are connecting right now over the Internet. Like that's where business is today. That's where it's going. So the ability to say, hey, I commanded a big guild or a big legion that we took over these these massive empires, and these online games. Um, there's a there's a real valuable, marketable skills to that. And, um, you know, more power to them if they can do it just because it's different than us and what we kind of grew up knowing doesn't mean it's wrong.
0: Yeah. So this is definitely, as we titled this episode, a meet them where they are at sort of, sort of world here to take your stuff in the classroom and just try to mimic it a little bit to just grab attention and, uh, change it up a little bit, you know, keep it fresh for them. One million percent. So, um, now the other thing I noticed from your dead web dead web
1: redemption, that one's a little tough to say quick. Yeah, I should point out so we call it dead web redemption because it was a midterm <coughs> project and instead of doing a traditional test, they had to go to the web to redeem all of the things that we've done right or wrong through the year. So they had to build uh, a mid-year like redemption. And it's so this digital village that they're building is like, oh, here's what I learned about character and here's what I learned about setting, and through the lens of rhetoric, I picked XY. So it's a big redemption. In the town of quote dead web how do we nice. um, prove that we like because there's a bounty on our heads the sheriff wants to prove that you've learned from your mistakes and blah blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah so that's the dead web redemption just as, as uh, on that. so
0: as, as i was going through the slides that i believe you tweeted out a few weeks back uh, one of the things i noticed is this whole three-star concept where you took the traditional rubric and you turned it into angry birds yeah, so, Okay. Yeah, you did it. But did you do it to a level of expert? Yeah, man. man. I just thought that was an awesome spin that wouldn't really be that difficult for a teacher to do. Thank but you. it gives students a target that oh, they know, oh, I can...
1: I can demonstrate
0: this, but I know this one, I can really go above and beyond. I think so.
1: I, this is for two parts. Um, I stole it from Disney world, um, because in Disney, they have these magic bands. You wear these things on your wrist and it gets you into every ride, um, under the sun. Um, and at Disney, if they're, if the band isn't working for any reason, they give you, um, a blue light, not a green light because in Disney, nothing can ever go wrong. Right. Um, so it's never, no, you, you fail. You're not allowed on. It's just hold on. This needs more attention. Um, And I love that idea of no red lights in my classroom because artificial obstacles that I'm creating that get in the way of the kids learning. That's not how I want to spend my time. That's not what I want to do with their experience. I don't want to be a logjam. I want to be a a choke point. Um, So that idea of no red lights in Disney was really inspirational to me. Um, And I thought about the idea of angry birds, um, which I know moms and dads and aunts and uncles have been playing for for a long time. Um, It's a very simple concept, right? You take your slingshot and you shoot a bird. If you knock down all the tower in one bird, they give you three stars. If you knock it down in two birds, they give you two stars. If you take three birds, they give you one star. Um, they let you move on to the next level, but they also give you the ability, if you wanted to do it again, do it again. Um, and, and there's the completionists in us who want to say, well, I only got two stars at that time. Darn it, I had a three star straight going. OK, I want to do this one again. Um, and that's where I kind of did this in the classroom. And it, it seemed like it, it was a, a success.
0: Another one of those things that I wish I could um, go back to the classroom myself and start using. Um, and along those same lines, what what advice would you give yourself if you could go back to when you were uh, studying to become
1: a teacher? Um, that's a great question. I think uh, what I would tell myself is to um, figure out who I was um, as a person and let that shine through in the classroom. I think a lot of times we create, like an artificial wall between like my classroom version of self and my personal like human version of self um but i say that like the enthusiasm is infectious if your kids see you're on fire for something they're going to be curious and they're going to want to know more about that if i had a chance to put like this this three-star rubric in that much sooner um like i was playing angry birds in 2009 when everyone else was playing it like oh man that, that could have changed everything in my classroom the kids would have been like oh this plays like angry birds I have to write a paragraph. If I get three stars, I can move on. If I get two stars, I can do it again if I wanted to. Like that makes sense. And so to tap into that earlier, I think I think it would have been a really empowering thing for for me as a young learner and as a as a young educator to to not be afraid to 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 show a little bit of like that that personality. I think it's a big thing.
0: Okay, so let's
1: flip that a little
0: bit. What about you're sitting down talking? With a teacher that is in year, well, wait, we're talking Catholic education. So retirement is a little t- tough. It, to is. Come it is. Yeah, we do. we do. So, we do that, yeah. so, so uh, let's say we're talking to somebody that's approaching that time in their life. And, you know, they're kind of just maybe leaning towards just doing the same old, same old, just get me through this last couple of months. What advice would you have for them to to try and keep it fresh that
1: wouldn't be that difficult I for them? I my- guess, like, what I do when I work with teachers who are um, towards the the twilight of their careers is I ask them to show me a picture of their grandkids. Um, And immediately they pull out their phone and they start scrolling. And I'm like, see, this is the point. The technology does not have to be the bad guy. The technology can be an accelerator. Um, And if you're that entrenched in the way that you've done it for a long time, even today to ask for a picture of a photo of family, the first thing we think is digital. Um, Those things keep us connected can we be that much faster and more More. responsive Um, because it doesn't have to be the us versus them mentality that the traditional way and the technology are at odds. Um, I think it's a real powerful, uh, simple message to say, Hey, what's the story behind the lock screen of your cell phone? Why does it look that way? Who's the person there? So that power of story and that power of connection is I think why we all got into this in the first place. When you recognize that the phone or the tech is not there to hurt you, it's just to help you stay connected in ways that, um, previously were not available to us. Um, it does sort of soften it a little bit. Um, it's, it's not always like a, a one-size-fits-all, but it, it's a nice way to, to soften it.
0: Wow, thank you. I might need to use that myself. <laughs> Do it, man. It's a
1: great warm-up too. I guess like I, turn I, and talk to a neighbor and tell the story of your lock screen. There's just so much heart and humor that comes out of that. Even if it's just like the, oh, I don't know how to change my lock screen. Someone's like, yeah, my son set this for me. Or it's my my grandkids. <laughs> that's, that's an easy way to just get to know who somebody is.
0: Oh, I took a selfie of myself and put it on my father-in-law's <laughs> phone, and he has no idea how yep. to change it. And,
1: and, but think if he was at a meeting, he had to tell that story. Like, yeah, here's Kevin. He did this. I mean, that's that's really fun.
0: <laughs> at least there were others in the background <laughs> with him, with that's me right. in that. Oh man. Well, the other big news in in John's world is that you are going to be publishing a book with Dave Burgess Consulting. That's right? That's true. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's been a roller coaster ride to get here too. But yes, sir, that, that is true. The book is arriving in the spring. We're hoping for, I guess, May, June um, is, our, is our release date. That is awesome. What's the title of it? So the title of the book is called Adrenaline Rush with an E, um, like teaching with adrenaline, but um, we are educators and how to keep our classrooms excited, uh, feeling like that same energy and that spirit of theme parks and video games and mud runs and escape rooms, you know, just, that, that, that sense of excitement and energy. I mean, I hope you can hear it when I I talk about this stuff. I'm from New Jersey and I talk quick and I move with my hands a lot, but um, I just, I feel like that passion is palpable. And I feel like if someone's so excited about what they're doing, the people who they're um, having the chance to work with can't help, but lean in and say, I want to know more. So uh, that's, that's the, that's the the elevator pitch version of the book. There's a, there's a lot to it, but I'm really, really humbled and very excited about it.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of it. Um, I've never done a, uh, mud run myself. I've been to plenty of amusement parks. Yeah. Um, I, I, can see some excitement there
1: and well, the yeah. potential I mean, like, cover of the. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, um, that's what I'm tapping into is look, Disney world's expensive, crazy expensive. Um, <laughs> they, mud runs, people are paying good money for the privilege of doing yard work for somebody else. Um, <laughs> and escape rooms, like, for all of the anxiety that I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis and willingly forking over 20, 30 bucks to get locked in a room with strangers um, like in a living Rubik's cube where you either like survive or you like get, you know, penalized. Like what is that thing in us that makes us so excited to give our money and our time to things that are willfully stressful. Um, and I think it's that there's a sense of adventure to that. There's a sense of joy. Yeah. Um, and if we could figure out how our classrooms would feel like that, how much more could our kids learn if they're like, Oh, this is a challenge. I'm gonna crush this challenge. I'm gonna attack this hill. I'm gonna, you know, kill this essay. I'm gonna do a great job. I'm not talking about games, I'm not talking about grades. I'm talking about intrinsic motivation and excitement. Yes. And, and ways to kind of leverage that in the in the classroom. Oh, I absolutely love it. I'm
0: I'm really hoping the best for for your release here. Thank you, sir. Um, so I really want to be mindful of your time and stuff here too. I'm I'm sure.
1: You are not taking time off from school. You're probably uh, prepping a bunch of stuff as well. Bit, a little bit. It's been it's been it's been a whirlwind. Like I said, it's it's a roller coaster to get to here. So I'm looking forward. Actually, my wife uh, for Christmas bought me a Super Nintendo, like with the old school one. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, I'm excited. Like it's supposed to be delivered from Target today. So like I've been like a child waiting Christmas morning, just peeking out the window. Um, and now that the book is off to the publisher, like I sent it in two days ago. I have a time that I can just sit down and play video games and I'm just so excited to be like, you know, 15 year old version of myself, uh, all over again. So that's my plans for the next little bit. But, um, yeah, it's been Man. a <laughs> Yeah.
0: My wife surprised me with a Nintendo switch for Christmas.
1: Nice. We should compare notes.
0: So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we picked up super Mario Kart, and I was so excited to see that they brought back some of those old school, um, tracks that were from the super oh, nintendo cool. and the gamecube versions well here's what i've we'll you know, always been a we'll big have Mario to do Kart an fan. entire
1: episode when we just talk about um what we can learn from games and some sort of gamified stuffs because um we, we really talked about everything today but i would i would love to just do a deep dive and pick your favorite game we'll do 30 minutes on it. So that will be awesome
0: awesome and yeah uh Upcoming events, you know, you and I are both going to be at NCEA, yes, sir. the National Catholic
1: Educators Association mm-hmm.
0: Conference that's coming up in April um, in Chicago. And I'm presenting
1: on um, the, uh, basically I'm presenting the book um, at the uh, at the conference. So I have a, a session um, yeah. probably on my site, I think it's Saturday or I'm not sure, but it's, it's on one of those. Uh, so I'm I'm pumped to be there, man. And it's a great chance to, to catch up and connect. And I'm sure you and I will have further face-to-face conversations and a million other ideas. I hope
0: that around. presentation is not at the same time I'm presenting. I'm going to have to go back and look now. I'm
1: going mon- <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. This is uh, uh, AS- NCEA. That is April. I'm looking. April. Hold on. Um, Wednesday the 24th. There you have it. Okay. when From 9 a.m. to 10. Yes, I'm
0: open. My 3D printing is from 2 to 3.15 that day.
1: Nailed it! So we're going to catch awesome. up, man. It'll be great. We can like live stream it. Awesome. <laughs>
0: so if my audience members want to get uh, get in touch with you, what uh, where would they do that?
1: Um, So easiest way is on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at mihan edu. That's M as in Mary e e h a is in M in Mary E E H A N is Nancy Mihan edu, I like teaching. Um, And I I hang out on Twitter all the time. Um, I also just have the website now. Um, It's AdrenalineRush.com. It's just like Adrenaline, but with an E, because teaching, right? So that's all up and running, and there's more news and exciting things kind of down the line. And certainly as the book kind of makes it to the news uh, stands or public, uh, all that stuff, that'll be all posted on there too.
0: Awesome. And will you be attending any other conferences?
1: man I don't stop yeah uh so I I, the good news about my job is I I have uh like I said just the two classes and we have a a swing schedule where there's one day a week where I don't teach classes and pretty much if I'm not teaching classes I'm giving presentations um so I have presentations um, they're all on my website Um, I'm headed next year twice to Chicago once to St. Louis Uh, I'm headed to there's some diocesan professional development and schools in the districts in the Washington DC area um Find me. I have, I have all that stuff on there too. And I'm happy to, like I said, connect with teachers on Twitter, other stuff. Um, like we make each other stronger. So let's find a way to connect.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Audience members, like always, make sure you get out there and make it happen. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Magic Potion Podcast. This podcast was created using Anchor FM. Please subscribe and leave comments with your thoughts and ideas from the classroom. Until next time, Get out there and make it happen.